Hello and welcome to Euphoria, the podcast all about the great glam and garish from Eurovision past. My name is Roland Boddenham and as ever I'm joined by a woman who is the most kind, caring and accommodating person since Margaret invited the boys to go ape in her cabana. It's Isabel <laughs> Chilman. <laughs> I don't know if I'm any of those things, but that's very nice of you. I listened to her song uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I've been trying to uh, crowbar that in for a long time. You want it in somehow. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, How's it going, Isabel? Are you doing good? Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you very much, Roland Bobby. How are you? Very, yeah, good. Doing very well. Very happy to be back. Um, So, uh, yeah. Oh, we do drink. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So I've already I've already opened mine because I oh, had now? some of it with my dinner. I made myself ah. a quick curry when I got home, so I'm having a Ooh. impossibly smooth bottle of premium beer, Cobra. Wow! Not oh, Eurovision-esque, yeah. but um, I wanted it to go in the curry. It does a job, yeah. Oh, I tell you what, I miss a good cur- uh, like Cobra beer and a curry. They're well nice. You don't get them oh, over yeah. here. Uh, I am having, it's it's quite sunny outside this last weekend, was actually quite warm in New York for the first time, so I've decided to go super basic, and I'm having a ruby red rosé with grapefruit from <laughs> France. <laughs> it's, as you can imagine, there's, there's no cork on this one, it's just a twist off top. Rosé with grapefruit? Yep, it was, it was one of the only... I don't know what it was. I just picked it out. <laughs> uh, they've got quite a lot of Californian and American wines in my local liquor store. So the, the European selection is reasonably limited. But I can't believe the French would put grapefruit in a wine. <laughs> well, it's imported into New York by a company. So maybe they just make it specifically for the, for the for US trash audience. Americans. Yeah, I think maybe it is. But anyway, let's see. <laughs> let's listen to how it opens and pause. Here we go. You ready? So it's a snap, and here's the pour. Mm, classic, classic pour that. Classic pour. Classic. Oh, it does. It's it smells grapefruity. It doesn't smell bad. Let me I'm try not it. A fan Let me try of grapefruit. It. Oh well, there you go. Yeah, cheers, mate. Cheers. Cheers. Oh bloody hell, that's very sweet. Do you, <laughs> remember, had, do you remember we had that one wine? Did you get it or did I get it? That was really sweet. I think oh, it was too sweet. It was in a Hessian sack or something, wasn't it? Yeah, far too much. sweet. That was a lot to deal with. <laughs> that was a low in our wine drinking uh, <laughs> uh, history here. Um, anyway, let's move straight uh, on, straight ahead with... Eurovision news. Uh, there's one bit of kind of... Um, uh, sort of Eurovision AOB. Uh, the EBU announced this week that they are once again... Uh, slightly tweaking, not necessarily changing, the uh, way that the scores are given at the end of the um, contest. The way that they've been doing it is it's very exciting, and I think it, it works very, very well, where they give all of the uh, judging panel scores first, and that's where you see the hosts on the screen, and everyone says thank you, and everyone's trying to move everyone on. And then after that, they give all of the public scoring and it moves things around and shakes things up. But the way they're changing it now is that they will, again, do the lowest to highest score for the judging panels first. But then they'll base the order in which points are given by the public on the order of the judging panel scores, lowest to highest. 
So if you remember Benjamin Ingrosso uh, last year, he got a very high score from the judges and then absolutely fuck all from the public. So what that would mean is he would be right near the end and you'd be thinking, oh my God, he's going to go right to the top. He's going to you know, beat everyone else. And then he just got five points and uh, we suddenly realized that he wasn't going to go anywhere. Mm, okay, yep. we'll see how that yep. goes. That could be yep. exciting. <laughs> uh, have you got any news? No news. No news. It's, it is a bit of a weird, it's a weird, we had a, all the rush of the songs uh, and the sort of news from that and the, the news of, of uh, what Israel's doing to prepare. Uh, but we're kind of in the, the quiet spell in between now. So uh, singers are just touring and doing the, all their PR stuff. So I'm sure we'll be getting some more exciting news in the weeks to come. Uh, let's move on to some any other business. Uh, we have emails. Uh, we've got a few. I'm going to... St- I'm going to start with um, Reggie. Reggie, we realised that we we may have, in the excitement of my birthday, uh, you, you sent an email the day after my birthday and, and uh, Isabel and I were both reasonably hung over and out of action on that day. So I think we, we missed a couple of emails from you, so apologies for that. But I'll, uh, I'll read them in, re- in retrospect now. Uh, Reggie says, Hi folks, I feel good that I haven't missed out on as much Euphoria as I thought I had. It's nice to be getting excited for new Euro- for a new Eurovision season with you two. I have some exciting news. Oh. I sub- as we remember, uh, Reggie is uh, training to be a doctor. Reggie says, "I have some exciting news. I submitted my thesis, and I will be moving to Copenhagen what? in April." What? She'll be Reggie, much you're closer. Be so close. So close to the Eurovision action. And she, she asked us, and we'd, we'll do a message now. This is us connecting people across the world, building bridges. If there are any other Euphoria fans in Copenhagen, hopefully we can meet up. Oh so my God. If yes. you're out there, Copenhagen Euphoria listeners. Out with Reggie. She's the coolest. Everyone, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, uh, she said, uh, referring to my first song this season, she said, by the way, Isabel, don't give Roland too much shit for writing a song about falling in love with a robot. Janelle Monet wrote two albums about it, and they're some of the best concept albums I've ever heard. So there we go. Look, me and Janelle Monet being speaking about in the same You're basically sentence. equals. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm just waiting for those Grammy noms to uh, start rolling in. Um, but Reggie, congratulations on the move. That's so exciting. Oh, mate, congratulations on the thesis as well. Yeah. So proud of you. I mean, we, we might have to change her name from the doctor from Down Under to the doctor from Denmark. <laughs> that, but at least, it's, that, is that why she's moving there? Maybe she chose it. The only other D. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she said that's in April, so she should be she should be moving oh quite God. soon. So best of luck, Reggie, with that move. Yeah, good um, luck, Reg. Yeah, that's, and let us know how it's going. And, and hopefully, well, you'll be able to find some kick-ass Eurovision parties uh, when you're Mate, there, won't you? We had a great time at our one, didn't we? Yeah, we did. It was really, really good. Um, they go wild for it. <laughs> they, yeah, they absolutely do. Uh, we've got another uh, message here from our good friend, Jaime. Hi, Jaime. Hi, um, so Jaime says hello Isabel and Roland I'm loving the latest episodes of the podcast you guys are doing a great job thanks Jaime um, I just finished getting in into an argument with a not so nice British lady over me saying that the UK could win Eurovision if the BBC put some more effort into it which they could he says, yeah he says let's say things didn't go well and I couldn't convince her that Eurovision is more than just political voting oh 
It, it is more than that now. Anyway, uh, before I get sidetracked even more, my reason to writing to you is to make a small request for a future episode. Could you make an episode on what you, both or one of you, that's up to y'all, would do in order for the beautiful United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland to finally win the Eurovision Song Contest again? Love your number one Mexican mm. fan in America, Jaime. Jaime, but... Mm. Mm. I would say I feel homemade. like that's the bulk of the podcast anyway. But- <laughs> <laughs> it's regularly I mean, ranting about um, what the UK should and shouldn't do to yeah. win. <laughs> and also, Jaime, I don't know if you've been finishing the podcast early or not, but at the end of every show, <laughs> I do put quite a lot of effort into creating a song that I feel could get... That is I don't our know. Maybe he's maybe maybe he's been mi- missing that last bit. He might fall asleep before. Gets bored by the end. Yeah, maybe he does. Just tunes out. Uh, well, yeah. You know, I maybe we could do a focused episode on. So um... almost like a, almost like we have a like a, a blue sky thinking session, a, a brainstorm, mm. a, um, mm. some mind mapping. Mm, <laughs> yes, more jargon. Mm-hmm. Give mm-hmm. it to me. Think outside yeah, the box. Yeah, we could do that. Just th- throwing ideas around, working little, out some plans. A little bonus. But get fully smashed while doing it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, no, sure. that's a great episode. No, we get is, smashed yeah. before we start doing it. <laughs> Set the kit up so it's ready and working. Get absolutely wasted. Yeah. And then spend an hour just throwing ideas back and yeah. forth. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a really, really good... Maybe and that's we'll do it uh, live streamed on YouTube and you can just, <laughs> you can call in, you can let us know your ideas. <laughs> We'll make oh, it pay. We'll wild. make it pay per view. They'll have to pay us to to. We'll oh, send them a link. Yes. But yeah. <laughs> yes, Jaime, you've started something brilliant. Yeah. I feel like we can do this. Yeah, that sounds. No, I do really like that um, idea. I think that's a good. That's a very good shout. But I uh, actually legit would watch that if someone made a piss video <laughs> of them trying to put together the best UK act possible. Like really seriously trying to win trying. Eurovision. Yeah. Yes, yeah, seriously, but hammered trying to win yeah. Eurovision. I'm like, talking like histories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, but I'm talking like having like a pin board with strings connecting, mm, like a picture, mm. like a picture of Tom Jones and a picture of Cliff Richard and a picture of Blue, connecting them all and figuring out how to do it. Yeah, it will be like an FBI investigation. <laughs> and also, I don't know why I threw Tom Jones in there, but potentially, I guess, maybe in the future. Uh, why not? Who knows why? where he's going to play, where, what role he's going to play in our, in our, in our future. solution no, of Eurovision. We, tr- we tried that with uh, uh, old, what's Angle his name? Bit. Yeah, it didn't I've, work out. But. I had a colleague today, who I'm a um, new colleague, who I'm, I'm very fond of. She's wonderful, called Natalia. We were talking about Eurovision outside work. <laughs> um, yeah. And she wholeheartedly said to me, oh, I just really loved Engelbert. Oh. <laughs> it was a bit I felt of a, a bit bad when I yeah. laughed loudly and then yeah. went, oh, come on, you're joking. She's like, no, no, I really no. liked it. Oh, It did feel a <laughs> Very bit... sweet. Yeah, it was a bit like he was being thrown to the walls, though, wasn't it, when he performed? It was a bit, it was a bit sad, oh, but just a bit there you go. Uh, we have one more email. This is a... Hey. New emailer, Jade Manson. Hi, Jade. Welcome. Hello, welcome, Jade. Welcome to the conversation. Uh, Jade says, uh, hi, Isabel and Roland. I only found your podcast last night, but I what? love it. Thanks, Good. Jade. Yes. However, however, Jade says, oh. what, <laughs> yeah. what oh, I am struggling to understand, though, is 
your hatred for Nicholas Joseph Joseph from last year. I actually quite enjoyed it in a weird way. I mean, we all know the song was shit and the staging in general, um, but I was quite taken to it, take, taken by it. Eurovision is a great way for the diverse performances, and uh, this certainly contributed to the diversity. No, I was re- no. Yeah, I I was really impressed by the fact he actually f- flossed on stage at Eurovision. Do you know what the flossing no, is? No, Jade, me and you. I really <laughs> want us to get on, babes. I really do. Listen, You're a new well, listener. I love yeah. all our listeners. I love that you emailed us, but we are starting off on the wrong foot. <laughs> so so she she says that uh, she. Uh, she even heard Nicholas's song on a recent venture for my first wedding anniversary in Copenhagen. Congratulations on your first wedding anniversary in Copenhagen. Congrats. Great place for it. Uh, go meet Reggie next time you go. Oh my God, yeah. Um, <laughs> and she says, also, have you heard the Spanish version and does that sway your opinion in any way? Take care, take care guys. Jade in, in brackets, unfortunately, England. Jade, <laughs> Jade. Now, now I, I empathise with Jade because before you corrected me, Isabel, very properly <laughs> corrected me, I was in a similar place to Jade. And I'm quite glad that in this email, Jade doesn't talk about the lyrics because that's the part of the song that is e- extremely problematic. Um, the music... I find the flossing problematic as well, I'll be, I'll be honest. <laughs> Most of the sure. things that she mentioned there, sure, I'm um highly was highly unimpressed by. Mm, I mm. don't want to see someone flossing who's over the age of <laughs> eight, maybe. It's and even under the age of eight, children eight, to like, do. Yeah, yeah, sure. Isabel, would you like to do what you did for me by uh, mm. benefiting mm. my educating uh, educating me in in why it that mm. it's it's not it's not a good song. <laughs> Well, I don't want I don't want to preach, okay? And look, sure. people can like whatever they like. They can like songs, they can like flossing, whatever. It's not for me personally. Sure. But my problem with the Nicholas um song from last year was that beyond my own personal um uh, a disinterest oh, with yeah. his styling and general onstage demeanor. Um, the lyrics are <laughs> creepy. Look at the lyrics. Yeah. Look at them properly. They are actually creepy. They're kind of yep. sexist and weird. And there's a bit about getting up someone's skirt or something. I haven't yeah. actively haven't listened to it or looked at the lyrics since it came out because it was gross. But I think just for as a woman. I don't appreciate a creepy song at Eurovision no. about a guy being creepy towards a girl. I yeah. just didn't like it. Yeah. Uh, no, and it was. And, Mike, and I can. I, I would understand if someone emailed in and said, all right, I get the Nicholas thing, but this year's Czech Republic's song, you're just being pedantic about. Like, it, It's less problematic. It's more like it's far, cheeky. It's far less problematic. Yeah. 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 So I would get if someone emailed in and... Um, uh, debate me on that one. Yeah, I think I, probably I'm highly sensitive over last year. Sure, yeah. But I legitimately, um, gen- like genuinely, really didn't like that song yeah. from last year. And I don't think Jade's baiting us on this. I think she. Oh no, it, it is no, a... absolutely not. I'm happy to debate. Um, but thank you, Jade. I hope that that uh, informed you enough on on why it wasn't our cup of tea. Uh, and we do really appreciate you emailing in. Uh, if you yes, would like to, it. if if you would like to email us, then do uh, on the internet uh, by sending us a, a, an email at euphoriapodcast at gmail dot com. 
or you can tweet us at I've forgotten it. I almost said at Retail Week. That's what I went for. <laughs> That's a different one. Um, at Cast, or you yep. can contact myself and Roland directly, uh, which is at Isabel Chilman and at Roland Bodnam. Uh, also, just throwing throwing this in very, very quick, uh, Steve. Uh, we know you're listening. Thank you for your email. We will get back to you um, and probably give you our work address. But we really appreciate you emailing us as well, and very excited to see. Um, what happens as a, as a result of that? So uh, that's presents. just a little uh, presents, uh, little message for Steve there. Yeah, if you want to send us presents, like Steve is going to, yeah, DM that us. That is fine. I will <laughs> give you my yeah. work address. Yes, and happily receive gifts in front of all my Ooh, jealous colleagues. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely do that. We'll give you our, our work addresses. Um, all right. So, do, should we move on? Should we do a bit of story? Yes, please. All right. It's my turn this week. So, Isabel. Today, I want to talk to you about the life and times of someone who I didn't actually realize I shared something with. Uh, Like some cosmic connection, myself and this person actually share the same birthday. Um, Hello. Yeah, although... Exciting. Well, there is a few years between the actual uh, birthdays, but uh, the same day. Um, So... Born on February 26th, 1947, then Sandra Ann Goodrich, later known as one Sandy Shaw, was Uh-oh. born in Dagenham, Essex. Now, oh, I... exciting. <laughs> uh, I know, Isabel, you've spoken about your uh, slight, hmm, I don't know, uh, uncomfortableness with the, with the song because it's a little bit creepy, but... <laughs> uh, we are learning all about the face behind the music uh, this week. So, after a fairly normal childhood, Sandra had become fascinated with pop music by her early teens. Good. It was night. <laughs> absolutely everyone should be fascinated by pop music by their early (laughs) teens if not your parents have taught you wrong yeah something seriously wrong if not um it was 1962 russia was becoming an increasing threat to global security women were coming together to stand up against misogyny and the conservative uk prime minister harold Macmillan announced his resignation triggering a leadership contest Wait, it's, it's did you awful. say 1962 or 2019? <laughs> because it's things all... have not changed. It's all the same. It has uh, all the same. It, what? That was 1962. That was 1962 and it's all the same. That's almost 50 years ago, no? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, oh, more than, more than 50 years ago. a bit ill. <laughs> Mm, that's I almost mean, 60 years ago yeah it was almost 60 years ago and My exactly the same good. things are going on uh yeah. meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile sandy me and you sister we're still seriously? fighting we're fighting yeah. together absolutely she is she is we'll we'll find out later but yeah um meanwhile a little known band named the beatles were playing at the royal albert hall Sandy, who was 15 at the time, had her heart set on going to see them perform despite the fact that she couldn't afford a ticket. Sandy wouldn't let that stop her though and she decided that the best route around her ticketless dilemma would be to call up the Royal Albert Hall and pretend to be John Lennon's cousin. And that's oh my God, exa- so smart. That's exactly what she did. She said, "Hi, I'm John's cousin Sandra. I haven't seen him in ages, so I'll just pop in." And what? of course <laughs> 
<laughs> and of course, because it was then and not now, uh, they just they let her in. Uh, Shut up. <laughs> That is she, genius. <laughs> she got all the way into the backstage just as John was coming out of the dressing room. He took two steps towards her, looked her up and down and said, I haven't got a cousin called Sandra before, <laughs> be, before pausing. And then he said, come in and walked her into the dressing room. <laughs> well, you've got it. to respect. You've got to respect yeah. that oh, kind yeah. of swag. The confidence. Absolutely. Even if yeah. you're John Lennon, even if it's 1960, whatever. Yeah. You have got to re- respect that level of swag from a teenager. Absolutely. Yeah. That was that was bold. Just ringing up the ringing up the Royal Albert Hall. Just being like, <laughs> who I would you even ask for in that situation? <laughs> That's mad. How yeah. stupid were people in the 60s? Yeah. Very. Can you imagine naive. trying to get away with that now. Well, you do see you do see you see those videos of like the people just walking into the Super Bowl and stuff like that because they've got a reflective jacket and a ladder in. I think oh, that, yeah, I think that, that people happen. are still and stupid. all of those people that that's happened quite a bit times a few times as well. The people that get on stage and pretend to do sign language. Oh yeah, Nelson Mandela's just funeral. The confidence. Yeah. Just walk on. Just give it a go. That was the weird. The Nelson Mandela funeral guy was yeah. the weirdest one but it's happened more than once yeah it's it happened has a few times it's terrible Man, just i need more confidence i can just get away yeah, with seriously. everything absolutely absolutely i need more confidence <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe you didn't laugh at me then roland <laughs> no isabel no no yeah, i'm very i'm very supportive of you isabel like you know the more confidence the better i say okay good. wonderful things okay. extra 10 percent <laughs> um so uh Clearly, that interaction has stuck with her, as in an interview she gave just last year, she insisted that she would have been a better wife to John uh, than Yoko ever was, even going so far as to say, he'd be alive today if I'd married him, I'd have protected him and taken a bullet for him. So, that that confidence (laughs) still... Oh very, very much exists oh uh, today. I mean, borderlining on, on a borderlining on a on arrogance. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think so. But still, uh, it's yeah, it was an, an interesting. Uh, <laughs> it wouldn't have died in my arms, Yoko. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Yoko. Uh, <laughs> anyway, seeing the Beatles that night clearly gave her the taste for stardom. She was already, at the time, singing at working men's clubs and showcases around London. And it was at one of these showcases where she was spotted by a woman known then as the Queen Bee of show business, Evie... Beyonce! No, no, the original Queen Bee of show business. Aretha Franklin! Uh, No, the... (laughs) No. (laughs) A woman named Evie Taylor who immediately signed Sandy to her management company. I, lo- I think Evie Taylor as a, as a uh, pop music manager is an excellent uh, name. Fantastic. I'm changing uh, my name to it immediately. Yes. At the time, uh, Evie was everything you would want and imagine a talent agent would be in the early 60s. She cut her teeth managing the likes of novelty whistler Des Lane. Uh, I, <laughs> Sorry. I, 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 <laughs> I did. I, I did Google Des Lane novelty whistler, oh and, and nothing came up. There's no video the, footage of him, the, sadly. The life that they led back then, honestly, <laughs> it was a simpler time. Mm-hmm. Who's your main client? Novelty whistler. Yeah, wow. novelty whistler Des Lane. 
It's just changed though, isn't it? Because I bet if you were a really good whistler, you could go viral on YouTube or Twitter or something like that nowadays, oh, couldn't you? That's not going to, that's not, you, yeah, you might get a spot on Ellen once. Yeah. That's not yeah, going to last you that long though. <laughs> you get a spot on Ellen and she might give you a check for $5,000. Novelty whistlers. Yeah. And uh, she also managed presenter Larry Grayson, who credits her as being the source of his well-known catchphrase, shut that door. And when it... <laughs> As whenever she wanted to discuss money or personal issues with her clients, she would always take them aside and tell them to shut that door. <laughs> you know, have you heard that catchphrase before, Israel? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, it's good. She's she's the origin of that. I, I I'd be proud <laughs> well, of that. She claims to be. She claims to be. Uh, meanwhile, Sandy was quickly ingratiating herself with the coolest of the cool in the swinging 60s scene and became somewhat of a poster child for the counterculture movement. After a false start with her first single, which failed to chart, she recorded the song Always Something There to Remind Me, which immediately shot to number one in the UK chart and Sandy Shaw was an instant star. Wow. Uh, her her next four singles came in at third, fourth, first, and sixth in the charts. So she's doing pretty well. Doing all right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, at the same time, after having come in second place five times in the preceding five, uh, eight years, the BBC were looking for an act who could really stand out at Eurovision. Something that represented the true talent of the British music scene in the 60s. With Sandy's authenticity, style, and shocking way of performing without shoes, the team thought <laughs> that she would be perfect for the job. It really, it did apparently shock a lot of people uh, that she uh, chose to perform with shoes off, shoeless. Having to look at some, having to look at some toes, some ankles. Yeah, it's. Ooh, uh... <laughs> uh, they contacted Evie, our pal Evie, who. After having a series of slightly underperforming singles from Sandy, uh, Evie thought it would be a great opportunity for her to give a second breath of life into her career. Sandy, on the other hand, much as we see today, was pretty dubious about the whole thing. She worried that it would destroy her credibility. However, when you're being managed by Evie, if she comes up with an idea, there's not much you can do to persuade her otherwise. And so... Sandy found herself preparing to present six songs to the nation on the Rolf Harris show. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, and that's the last time we'll talk about him on this yep. uh, show. So, yes. So she was performing six songs, six different songs uh, for a panel of experts to decide. However... In the week leading up to the show, Sandy, who was at this time still only 19 years old, was named in the divorce case of uh, model Veronica Sands and her husband, TV executive and renowned womanizer Douglas Murdoch. Um, so suddenly the men of the BBC boardroom went into a panic. They couldn't possibly enter a woman who was adulterous to represent the UK in the Eurovision Song Contest what would the rest of Europe say? Now, I haven't been able to track down what the career implications were for renowned womanizer Douglas Murdoch off the back of this revelation, but I think we'd be pretty safe in hazarding a guess that there were few to none implications. Made all the worse by the fact that Douglas, if I recall correctly, according to one article I read, was at least 15 years her senior. 
However, due to the short time the uh, production crew would have to find a replacement, the BBC board decided that they would have to keep Sandy on and she would present the five songs to the nation to be chosen from. Now, this is where our Evie jumps back into the picture. Evie had a very strong favourite out of the five potential songs, which was Puppet on a String. Mm-hmm. Uh now, Isabel, I've, I've, as I said earlier, I, you've told me before that this song is one that you can't uh, can't stand, just generally don't like. You'll be glad to hear... It's creepy puppets. It's creepy puppets, yeah, absolutely. Uh, in every interview, pretty much, that Sandy gives, she also declares her own very strong dislike of the song. <laughs> She's described it as a horrible song and so uncool, amongst many other things. Evie, uncool. Ha- uncool. Yeah, yes. It is very uncool. She's, it is very yeah, uncool. And she was yeah, she... at that age as well. And that level yeah. of coolness. Like this is a woman yeah. that blagged her way into a backstage meeting with John Lennon. Yeah. Yeah. She's got to sing about puppets. Well, and, and actually, like like I was saying, at this stage, she is hanging out with the likes of the Rolling Stones and, you know, um, f- like fashionistas in the 60s and stuff like that. So it, it is a very kind of uncool song for her to sing. Despite Sandy's dislike of the song, Evie was determined for Puppet on a String to get through and be the song that represents the United Kingdom. Whilst the show was being broadcast live, Evie, who was in uh, the backstage, turned to one of the writers of Puppet on a String and said to him, I'm going to do something here. Uh, The writer responded, what do you mean? She says, I'm going to do something. And so when it was time to perform Puppet on a String, the band started up. Sandy walked onto the stage, barefoot as always, and started with the first big note and then stopped. She looked at the band, looked back at the crowd, and then asked them all to stop and said, I've come in at the wrong time. Can we start again? Now, the rumour is that Evie... Uh, had gone backstage and asked the musicians to uh, change the length of the intro, intentionally making Sandy sing at the wrong time. This was apparently enough to make the judges forget pretty much about any of the other songs and select Puppet on a String to represent the UK Ah! as a 1967 song contest. That is smart, isn't it? So (laughs) sneaky. Oh my God, everyone in this is an evil genius. Mm. Right, everyone's just got like just got the balls to to get what get what they want get by exactly any means possible. Exactly what they want. <laughs> Genius yeah. women. I love this story. Now, this same writer, this this the writer of Puppet on a String, uh, gave an interview, and he actually has a theory that Evie, having seen how successful this tactic was in the UK finals, wanted to do something similar at the song contest itself. So on the big night when Sandy came onto the stage to the opening bars of the song, it wasn't the band who'd been been manipulated this time. However, Sandy belted out the opening note and the audience at home and in the auditorium heard nothing. Her microphone was completely off. However, this time Sandy didn't stop. She didn't falter. She just ploughed on through. And after a few seconds, the microphone popped back on and the song continued without interruption. Now, the songwriter said that he has no evidence 
that Evie was involved <laughs> in the technical glitch. <laughs> of course she was. It's just interesting. Sneaky so, <laughs> Evie, that's what they call her. <laughs> so shall we have a listen to that opening, uh, opening little bit and the bit where uh, Sandy's microphone isn't on, but she plows on through anyway. <laughs> You'll say that you care If you say you love me madly I'd gladly be there Like a puppet on a string There we go, Sandy Shaw singing the uh, Eurovision winner, spoiler. With the conspiracy that you just talked about, yeah. potentially Evie had planned all that. Yes. If so, yeah. I understand the first one that she did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sensible. Yeah. This one, though, you'd think that would be a hindrance because it's missing out this amazing note that she kicks her off with. Well, I think what Evie was hoping would happen is that um, the same as before and Sandy would make everyone stop and they'd have to start again. Right. So that's what happened she just the first through. time. And yeah, whereas this time she wasn't having any of it and she just powered on through. It didn't matter anyway. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because it's quite an important, like it's a big long note at the start that that sets everything up and no one heard it. Uh, but there we go. As I slightly spoiled just then, we know the scores <laughs> came in and eventually it became very clear that the United Kingdom was going to win their first ever win of the Eurovision Song Contest. With Woo-hoo! the presenter even announcing the victory before the last country gave their points because she was so far ahead of her competition. Nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. For our barefooted belter, though, the stress over the last few months uh, with the divorce scandal and the BBC wanting to replace her meant that she really wasn't in any mood for celebrating. In an interview she did for, uh, it was Desert Island Discs, which is a very good listen, uh, she said that she snuck away back to her, her hotel with a bottle of champagne tucked into her lynx fur coat. However, <laughs> however, yeah, love it. However, on arrival to her corridor, she realised that she had no key, and she was so tired though that rather than go back down to the front desk, she just curled up under her fur coat and slept in the <laughs> corridor. Can you imagine that? The winner of the Eurovision Song Contest oh just to sleep in a corridor in a hotel. That's quite rock and roll though. Falling asleep with a bottle of champagne under a fur coat. <laughs> it's quite rock and roll, yeah. Like, uh, there's yeah. no way she was sober doing that. Come on. No, no, probably not. Um, Sandy, uh, by any measure, throughout the entirety of the 60s, was hugely successful and did make a hell of a lot of money both before and after her Eurovision success, which is really, and it's really refreshing in all the interviews she does, and especially the Desert Island Discs. Because you know when pop stars are like, oh yeah, I was, I was, you know, I was comfortable and blah, 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 blah. She was like, no, I made a, I made a hell of a load of money. I didn't know what to do with it. It's like, it's really, it's really refreshing and really nice. There's that Sandy Shaw swag yeah, yet yeah. again. I think she's mainly like that though, because uh, later on in the 60s, actually the early 70s, uh, she uh, met a man and got married. However, due to the law at the time, when she met uh, fashion designer Jeff Banks and decided to marry him, she had to sign over all of her money to him because the husband had to be responsible for everything financially. And that was the law. That was oh the fucking law. My 
god what is wrong with humanity yeah so all this money that she had earned uh, she gave over and clearly because it was such a great law uh because men apparently are better at these things jeff proceeded to take all of the money he had suddenly gained and invested it into his business which proceeded to hemorrhage funds and uh. go completely out uh. of business leaving the pair in the early 70s with a brand new baby girl no money living first in jeff's parents house and then moving to a caravan in ireland Oh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Oh, knowing at a caravan in Ireland that sounds vaguely d- delightful, but not when you've been minted. No, and and the, for the fact that it wasn't any fault of her own, other than she fell in love with someone and got married, and then he spat all her money. money. Yeah, mm. uh, Sandy herself, like in a weird sort of contrast, was still doing huge sellout tours. But all of the profits from those tours were going on paying off all of the debts that Jeff had built up. Uh, oh, that's in an- so depressing. Yeah, Jesus really Christ. Really depressing. I've dated a few <laughs> bum deals in the past. You've <laughs> wasted my money, but not to that extent. Yeah, not where you've had to legally sign everything over to them. No. Christ. Sandy, in, in this Desert Island Discs interview, at one point was brought to tears when talking about how she would have to record conversations she was having with her young daughter at the time and listen to them back on a tape player as they were touring and she would miss her so much. It was at that point in her life that Sandy decided that enough was enough and she wasn't going to miss out on her daughter's childhood anymore. She quit touring. She quit making music and she became a waitress... At a, at a restaurant nearby. Uh, she got to spend more time with her daughter and eventually divorced Jeff Banks and was living life as a single mum. Oh, Sandy, uh, well, good for you, independent yeah. women. Still yeah, got that swag. And yep. also, good, um, I think a good moral there for, for anyone. She was a, she was hanging out with the Rolling Stones, falling asleep in in, a, in corridors and fur coats, winning Eurovision, absolutely smashing life. And then when the shit hit the fan, she was like, right, I'll become a waitress. This is easier. This is better for me. This is better for my daughter. I've got consistent income coming in. I'm with her a lot of the time. Instead of saying, no, I'm, I'm this far up, I can't go back. No, do something, change your life, do something that's enjoyable enough that's actually going to earn you some money and means that you can have a happy home life, work life balance. Love yeah. it. And, it, and, it, and she was saying like, th- this was a very dark time in her life, but the restaurant and working as a waitress was the best thing that she had going for, obviously Aww. other than her daughter, because she was just meeting people and talking to people and making friends. And a lot of the people who she was uh, waitressing with have been friends for life now. So Oh, like you I love say. it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, as I say, Sandy refers to this of period in her life as the dark ages. Um, off the back of the disastrous marriage, Sandy became very reclusive and turned away offers for help, which you often do when you're depressed and, and cut off. Um, it was then uh, when she stuck, struck up a friendship with a fellow musician named Annie, who was a Buddhist. After knowing Annie for some time, she invited her around for some food. Uh, But at that time in her life, Sandy had so little money that she was unable to pay the electricity bill. And so the whole apartment she was in was lit by candlelight. During the meal, uh, Annie said to her very casually, 
Uh, you know, you can change all this if you want. Sandy said, how? And Annie proceeded to tell her all about Buddhism. Scientology. No, no, no. <laughs> no, she told her all about Buddhism. At the time, uh, as, you know, as people are want to do, Sandy remembers thinking, oh, she must be mad. This can't possibly work. And sometime after she left, uh, however, Sandy thought, why not? I'll give it a go. So she decided that she'd want some proper proof that this works. So what you do in Buddhism is you chant for things and, and you, uh, you put things out into the world. Uh, so the first thing that Sandy chanted for was enough money to make an album, which was about £30,000 at the time, which is a decent amount of money in the 70s. It's a decent amount of money now. Yeah. Sandy says that she then decided, just sort of on a, on a random chance, to ring the head of Sony, who took her out for dinner and asked her what she wanted. She said, £30,000 to make an album. He said, all right. Oh, my God. We all need some Sandy Shaw swag. We all need, we all need that confidence. Let's yeah. all just call the head of her Sony and see yeah. if he'll hook us up with an album. Let's all call John Lennon and hang out. We can't do that one, but someone similar. Someone similar. So Sandy slowly began to emerge from the darkness, the, the dark era, she called it. And after a collaborative project with the Smiths in the 80s, she returned to her glory <laughs> days as a subversive and trendy queen of pop. Uh, so Sandy is now a psychologist and she is a proponent for mental health support for young performers and people in the public eye. Amazing. She's, she's on her third husband after an amicable breakup with a second with whom she shares two children and she refers to as her favourite ex-husband. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <and> <laughs> In recent years, she's even started to hate Puppet on a String a little less, recording a brand new version of the song just a few years ago. It was like a more jazzy, quite different version. And that, Isabel, is the story of the UK's first ever Eurovision winner, Sandy Shaw. Oh, I love it. I love her. I have she's my new great. female icon. I have yeah. my new person that I want to be when I'm older. Cross between... Now it's a cross between Sandy Shaw, Amy Poehler, and Liza Minnelli. Wow, that's a that's a pretty killer. Uh, that's who I want to be. <laughs> that's pretty amazing. You're 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 on your you're well on your way there, mate. Don't I worry, am, you're well right? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm gonna be there one day. I've got faith in myself. She is incredible. And I would maybe I'm gonna maybe maybe I'm gonna have some Sandy Shaw swag and just call up Sandy Shaw and say, Hey, do you wanna be my mentor? <laughs> oh my because god, that would be so you're good. awesome and I would like that to happen. Yeah. She is she is great and if you can listen to the I think the the Sandy Shaw does the island discs on BBC Radio Four is a is a good one to listen to. Okay. Uh, she, she's just like not non-apologetic not there's no shame in like even the dark bits there's no shame but there's some like real emotion and and she's very true and it's it's very beautiful well then let's let's move on shall we we'll move on mm. to the bit the, the bit of the podcast that apparently Jaime never listens to uh, <laughs> the bit where I attempt to create a song which can go on to be victorious at the Eurovision Song Contest, just like our Sandy Shaw. Now, Isabel, this week uh, there's, a, there's been a lot going on in the world, hasn't there? Particularly in the in the UK. 
Uh, and I thought I'd... I'd... What, what, what are you talking about? What are you referencing? Well, well, you know when you... You know when you make a decision, Isabel? You make a decision based mm. on, you know, whatever you think at the time. Mm. Uh, and then after a short amount of time, you realise that that probably was a really bad decision. Mm, and every day. You, and every you day. Wish, <laughs> and you wish that there was a way you could go back and change that decision. Uh, and quite often there are ways you can go back, but sometimes you just can't for some reason go back and change your mind about those certain things. Right. Uh, <laughs> which probably quite a lot of the people in the UK right now might be might be experiencing. I uh, hope so. <laughs> so, Isabel, I've decided to write a song this week called Change My Mind. Mm. Would you like to listen to Change My Mind? I would. It sounds kind of sexy. Oh, well, I don't know that it is, but all right, let's listen. Change my mind. No one knows the answer. Nobody's left to blame. And though we're scared of changes, these things can stay the same. If you're feeling nervous, just cross your head and heart. Close your eyes. Take a breath, we're gonna hit restart Go back before the first time, the first time We've spoken on the worst lines What matters is you feel fine, you feel fine Cause now you're on your own line It's how things used to be long before you That was 
change my mind. Uh, not based on anything in particular, but just a song. Uh, Isabel, what were your initial impressions? So, like 20 seconds in. Yeah, yeah. Let's get this out of the way to start off with. Sure. There is definitely a bit that is directly taken from Human by um, uh, by the Killers. So, here's you the go, thing. Close your eyes, take a breath. The lyrics in Human are, close, close your, your eyes, eyes, clear your heart. So, you can... you. What I've started realising is you can track what I am listening to on Spotify <laughs> in that particular week by the song that I write. So, yes, you're absolutely right. I have been listening to a lot of Killers in the last mm. uh, week or so. Mm. And it was inspired by... I think it's treading the line on being maybe an inspiration, not mm. a complete rip-off. But you might need to just change the Close Your Eyes <laughs> lyric so that then we're, we're devoid of... Um, any libel laws okay take my hand play. maybe take my mm. hand take my yeah. hand would work yeah, yeah that, that would could work. fit okay um, take my hand besides that besides the mm. killer's plagiarism yeah yeah um very interesting there were mm. times where it felt like two separate songs your again your very astute observation <laughs> what happened i can explain this as well uh <laughs> what happened with this is i wrote the like the main bit the kind of disco-y bit with the slow opener and then i realized there was no real hook so i i was like oh i should probably do a chorus with like a change your mind there wasn't i couldn't come up with a title for it so then i went back a few days later and added that in and it, it does sound like a different song i think it's even in a different key entirely so uh <laughs> slightly problematic there it needs needs workshopping needs workshopping that bit yeah but that's what this is for it's a workshop absolutely mate. A absolutely workshop. one day you'll come back to these and make this all these songs into an album yeah um when i retire when we call up the guy from Sony and ask him for 30,000 pounds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll just do that. Yeah, we'll just do that. <laughs> Same work for Sandy. Work, work for, for Sandy, work for Why us. Why not? <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, sounds like two separate songs. Sure. Of those two songs, I would say I prefer the verse song. Yes. Oh, yeah. So that's, yeah. that is what you said. That was the original thing that you were that working on. That is the on. original thing. Yeah, that is. Really into that. I was listening to it. was sat there thinking, yeah, I could hear, I could hear Belgium singing this. Oh, Interesting. Well, um, Belgium haven't made any terrible decisions recently that they can't take back, though. <laughs> Whereas we have. It's all about Brexit. You, you realise that, right? I got that. I got that, <laughs> okay, mate. Cool. I got that, just, yeah. Just making sure that, that it wasn't, we wasn't too <laughs> subtle for you there. <laughs> um, but, you know, they've done Dark, dark and Haunting recently. Have, yeah, Eurovision. That would make sense um, as a song to come from them. I think it suits their vibe. Quite cool goes into the verse it loses me slightly but the the sorry goes into the chorus and it loses yeah. me slightly yeah um but brings me back uh at the second verse um i'm into it i'm i'm into it like i was getting yeah. into it <laughs> well let's uh, let's not dwell on it for too long then we know we know kind of the ballpark where this will be isabel what score will you give change my mind I feel as though if you had kept going with the vibe mm. of the of the of the verse mm. you could have been up there. Yeah. You know, this isn't a in terms of my normal favorites when it comes yeah. to music, this isn't a man o oh man, this isn't no. a united we dance, this isn't some big pop banger. No. Yeah. But 
you still had me. You Solid. had me with dark pop. and haunting. You yeah. had me with yeah. kind of edgy um, electronic pop styles. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into yeah. it. Okay, but it's it's it needs work, right? Needs work. Regardless mm. of that, though, I would mm. still say this is a solid. Mm, 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 mm. Set seven, seven. Yeah, I'm happy with that. That's good. <laughs> That's, That's on good. the board. My... That's on yeah. the board at Eurovision. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think for uh, I think my average this season is probably better than uh, better than any other season so far. So I'm I'm on a good run for sure. Definitely. Uh, oh, thanks, mate. That's very kind of you. Uh, so there we go. A seven for Change My Mind. Put that in the books, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we will maybe come back to that in future. Uh, so that's about it. You've said that with so else. many songs, though, and you've never come back to it. <laughs> <laughs> this will be when we've completely run out of ideas. We'll just go back, do like director's commentaries of stories we've done before, and mm. I'll just go over the songs and, yeah, and remake like them, rehash them. I'll do a remaster. Uh, yeah, so this is something I'm going to do a shout out for. Right, yeah. we're, we're about to give you the um, contact details again, in case you didn't hear them the first time around, yeah. for you to get in touch. One yep. thing I'm going to do a shout out for, because it's something me and Roland have discussed a lot. And you know what? We're very busy and important people. Yeah. Slash, we forget to do this. <laughs> so anyone who has the time or the inclination, do you want to put all of our podcasts in a spreadsheet? <laughs> saying what the episode is what the title is what the subject matter is so what the story is and what the song is because we've realized this series that actually the episode titles from older episodes are the name of the song which doesn't tell you what the story is which is very confusing when you're trying to find a specific story if someone says oh did you do an episode about xyz and you go yeah i did but i have to can't remember where we never put this in a spreadsheet i love a spreadsheet i will happily man the spreadsheet i will color coordinate it wow. i will i love spreadsheets but we just need the data collection bit done we just need exactly to, uh, <laughs> data gatherer exactly please. i need someone to collect the data who if you want to analyze it great i'm happy to do cool. the analysis yeah but Anyone who does that will be my all-time favorite. <laughs> also, while we're asking our listeners to do stuff for us, I will <laughs> like to note that we were back in the Iceland Top 100 yes! podcast this uh, last last episode. Yes! Straight back in again. Uh, so thank you to Iceland. Uh, all you other countries, you have work to do. So, <laughs> so, Catch uh, up, guys. Come on. So rate, rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes because it's it makes my week so happy when i see us in the in the charts it's very exciting so uh thanks to iceland and and work harder everyone else yes please Uh, so you can contact us as we mentioned you can send me that wonderful spreadsheet um, to euphoria podcast at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at euphoria cast uh that's it then for this uh for this episode um Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We do love you, despite asking you to to do work for free for us. Um, But thank you all for listening, and we will see you in two weeks' time. Thanks. Bye. Bye.